In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The Gospel for this Sunday, the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, our Lord, our Lord tells those listening to him, and he tells us as we make this time of prayer, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer fit for anything. It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So our Lord uses this analogy to help us to know what our identity is in the world. And in this, this meditation, as we speak to you, Lord, as we're in your presence, and here especially in this oratory with you in the Blessed Sacrament. What is it that you want us to learn? We can ask that of him. What do you want me to learn from, from you saying, you are the salt of the earth? But there's a, there's a, uh, we know that with that, sometimes it's you are the light of the world. And in both cases, our Lord helps us to see that the, the salt and the light, there has to be, a, it, it is, there has to be a, an effect. If salt loses its flavor, with what shall you season it with? It's no longer useful and has to be trampled underfoot. And when you light a light, it's not put under a bushel, but rather in a lampstand so that others can benefit and see because of that light. And this is a, a key aspect of what our Lord is trying to transmit to us, that our lives as Christians, it cannot be without effect in the world. If there, is, if there is no effect, then we're to be thrown out. And this is, a, I believe, a, a, kind, a crucial aspect of what we want to understand or what we want to consider. The Christian vocation um, is that, well, look, either we positively influence our surroundings in some way. Uh, we, we help, the, we can even say the quality of life around us. We, can say we, we, we somehow positively influence the quality of life of the people around us with a, a Christian seasoning, a Christian flavor, making it more pleasant. Or, I, mean, I think we could say that, or we have no reason for being. Salt loses its flavor. With what shall be salted, it's to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I heard or read years and years ago a commentary on this that the, um, a supposition or a, a hypothesis about this, what this trampling underfoot means, that when 
in our Lord's time, if salt were to lose its flavor, that there was, a, again, a, an opinion that that salt that lost its flavor could be put into an oven, kind of baked in some way, and then given to the kids, and they would throw it on the path, and they'd stamp on it, and it would make a popping sound. I don't know if that's possible, if you put salt or whatever, the chemical nature of it, you put it, heat it up, and make it such a, but that was one supposition, that the kids end up playing with it and it's trampled into the ground and stomped on to make a firecracker type of sound. Another possibility is that just in our Lord's time is salt being stored in places and sometimes perhaps some large uh, dispensaries of it, that the salt on the ground would, near the ground, if it wasn't well insulated, the water might get in, saturate the salt and will lose its saltiness. You end up with a white powder, apparently, that looks like salt or could seemingly be salt, but it, there's no flavor and it's thrown out, then the garbage on the path and just trampled underfoot. In any case, what our Lord is saying is it's useless. It's, it's, um, you don't call, it's, not, it's not salt. And to a certain degree, if, if we aren't somehow... And we, see ourselves as hopefully having an impact and, and those around us were, were, were useless. There's nothing that can substitute for it. How will you, how will you make salt salty again? There's nothing, there's no substitute, there's no way to do it. And an insipid, a tasteless Christian really is a poor thing. And it's, um, our Lord doesn't say it with so much, perhaps, directness. But I do think that St. John Chrysostom would, would say, you know, if you, how, how can you, if, how can, you're, you're denying your, your very being if you say that you can't give light to others, or you don't, you're not the salt that gives good flavor, a good taste, or preserves from corruption. So we ask our Lord to help us to, live up to this, the, 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 what he's saying with this analogy that we ask is grace. And we ask for insights. And one of the things that comes to mind, as we considered already very briefly, is that the common thing, salt, is that it's, it's, not, it's not for itself. Pope Francis in 2016, he said that as regards, as regards salt that Christians are called to become, he noted how that salt is for others. It does not flavor itself. It has to be put into a dish, into some food, to highlight the flavor. The salt of our Christian life has to blend into society. And it has to hopefully enliven our surroundings with this peace and joy. It, um, it serves it, that this is purpose. And Lord, help us to understand and to see that this purpose, that we want to fulfill it in, in our lives. In our Lord's time, salt was, was actually very important, a kind of requirement of life, because it would keep things from, from, from going bad. It, would, it was preservative, in, in, a, in fact, from corruption. And it, apparently, our word salary comes from salt, sal, uh, comes from the root of this, of this word, is payment. It could be used as a currency. So it's a formidable task to be the salt of, of the earth. And
I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And as I ask him to help me, to say, okay, what is this? What, how is this going to play out in my life? But also, I, I would say in the, the thrust of our meditation is to ask St. Joseph as well to give us a hand, to know what it means to be the salt of the earth, and that he would help us to make sure that we, our lives are full of this richness of the flavor of a Christian that we want to bring to society. On this Sunday, we will begin, which uh, for many people know is a long-standing tradition in the church, that the seven Sundays previous to the feast of St. Joseph, which is on March 19th, um, we use those to prepare for this feast day. And we, we remember what are called the seven sorrows and seven joys of St. Joseph, events of his life where there was a, something that was a difficulty, something that was a cross, and then it's turned into a joy. This year, the Feast of St. Joseph falls on a Sunday in Lent. So it's the feast day. The actual celebration will be transferred to March 20th. But the last Sunday of St. Joseph will be March 19th. This Sunday is the first Sunday. And the, the joy that's, that, is, that, that is given to us, or the sorrow, I should say, is that when, when St. Joseph, in his, in, in his situation, when he sees that Mary is with child, and he considers to himself that he will leave Our Lady. He will, he, he's, he's, he's not sure what is happening here. And it causes him a certain, of course, consternation to see that Our Lady is with child. He's not sure why. There's a possibility that he realized something divine was happening here and that he should bow out. But as he considers these things in, dream, in a dream, our Lord reveals to him that you're part of the, do not be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. You're part of the plan, and the mystery is solved. Our Lord trusted St. Joseph to carry out this mission. Our Lord, even though St. Joseph thought, I should bow out, our Lord said, no, you are part of the plan. And maybe sometimes we have a similar reaction. We see the situation of the world, or we just look at how, at times, um, how we try and to live our faith well, and we may stumble in certain ways, um, or that the challenges that we may face in present-day culture, society, seem difficult and perhaps overwhelming. And we may want to bow out, you know? We may want to opt out of this one, maybe out of just total fear, maybe feeling inadequate, up to the task, maybe a bit confused. But I think with these words, our Lord is telling us, and certainly every Christian needs to feel the response to, no, you have to be the salt of the earth. Your life is for others. And, and you know, you, you have to make a difference. And since our Lord is entrusting this with us, we have to believe him. And I would say, not to be a tautology, but we have to believe him because he believes in us. He believes we can do it. He knows we can, with his help. And this is the point. We're to ask his help and to see, okay, sometimes I find it rather daunting. I may find it a little bit intimidating. And I may not completely see how this is going to work out. Or was, 
How can I do it? Our Lord trusts you. And we can ask Joseph that we would have the same sense of trust and confidence. This is what the seven sorrows and joys are about. If you don't know what they are, you can go to the Opus Dei website, Google the seven sorrows and joys of St. Joseph, and there, and you'll find them. He is, um, he's, he is the master of the interior life. He's a great teacher to help us to know how to put our, put, how to live what God expects of us with faith and, and confidence. He can help us to flourish and to really be salt. St. Jose Maria, the founder of Opus Dei, he speaks of, uh, he learned something from St. Teresa of Avila about St. Joseph. Speaking of St. Joseph in her autobiography, St. Teresa writes, quote, whoever fails to find a master to teach him how to pray should choose this glorious saint for a master and he will not go astray. And St. Josemaria says, this advice comes from an experienced soul. Follow it. Is uh, the master of this interior life and our father, the founder of Opus Dei, says in another point just previous, you know, put yourself under his patronage and you'll feel the effects of his power. And I think especially in this, in this image of salt of the earth, that we will feel the, the effects of his power because he, he, he did live it. He was, he, was really, he was really the salt of the earth. And even colloquially, the salt of the earth, at least if you Wikipedia, if you Google it, it says, an individual or group considered as representative of the best or noblest elements of society. A very good and honest person or group of people. St. Joseph was a very good man, an honest person, very much representative of the noblest elements of the human race because he's a saint. And he really is the salt of the earth. And we want to, we would, that's a, it's a wonderful kind of, something to shoot for, something to aim for, to be considered good, honest, of the noblest. And in daily life, in normal, ordinary activities. And that's being the salt of the earth with that Christian flavor, with the flavor of being a disciple of our Lord. This is where, is where we need to bring our Lord's presence. Salt in our Lord's time was, was um, important. Um, but also salt is, is very common, at least for us. It's, it's, the, it's not expensive and it's on every table and it's around, it's a common place. It's in ordinary life to bring that Salt, the commonplace, everyday, ordinary things. To bring the Lord's presence. This is a, again, let's ask St. Joseph that we can do this. Because that's what he did. When our Lord, when our Lord goes to um, Nazareth to teach, in the synagogue, St. Luke tells us, all the people spoke well of him and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, this is not this Joseph's son? He's the one who says, this is not this Joseph's son. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
by nature, as we know, is known as the carpenter, the son of the carpenter. And St. Luke tells us he was known as Joseph's son. Joseph took the place of his father, protected him, was entrusted with the most precious things that God had in this world. His son become flesh and Mary, the immaculate mother of Jesus. And God trusted Joseph with what was most precious. He trusted Joseph that he would make sure the seed, that our Lord as a baby would bear fruits. That is that he would, he would be protected, he would grow up, as a, he would make sure that he was protected as a child going to Egypt. Our Lord will help us so that the, the seed of Christianity, the flavor of Christianity, will take root, will, will, that the flavor will spread around us if we have trust in our Lord, that this is what he wants us to do. In, 2000, in 2020, Pope Francis declared a year of St. Joseph, and he opened it with a letter on December 8th of that year. And he said, the aim of this letter is to increase our love for this great saint and to encourage us to implore his intercession and to imitate his virtues and his zeal. Let's ask that we can imitate his virtues and his zeal. And again, first, the, but the conviction and the faith. At first, he, he was going to bow out of the scene. And our Lord says, God reveals to know you're part of the project. And I need to count on you for this. And our Lord is saying, I need to count on you to be salt. And Joseph trusted what that plan that God had for him. Do you trust God's plan that he has for you? Ask Joseph to give you that greater trust, as I ask him, that we imitate his virtues and his zeal that we would become really and truly the Christian salt of the earth, the noblest, honest, very good. Our Lord's words, you are the salt of the earth, are declarative, and I think in a certain way, imperative. Pope Francis, in this letter, he uses a wonderful phrase that is repeated a number of times. He says, St. Joseph needed to demonstrate creative courage, he called it, because there are difficulties, there are challenges. The face of understanding Mary's situation, but then having Jesus born in, in a stable in Bethlehem, away from his home, then having to be told that you need to flee to Egypt, as, a Pope, Francis, as Pope Francis will say in his letter, that he becomes a refugee. And what that entails, perhaps years of day in and day out, fleeing from Herod who wanted to kill our Lord, Herod who was a powerful and cruel ruler, and very enterprising, very smart. I mean, he, he did a lot of things. He was a smart man, but he was Herod, but built, building the temple, built a seaport, but he all of his resources to go after our Lord. And Joseph knew what kind of man he was and had to flee from him. And say, this is, this, is a, this is a real difficulty. This is a real, and he, the, the gospel tells us he got up at that moment. He did no, no time wasting here. We have to move. And God trusted him to take care of his child. You see in the painting behind the altar here, behind the tabernacle, Joseph with Mary and Jesus going off. 
being exiled. And, our, and Joseph happened to, that God acted, Pope Francis says, God acted by trusting in St. Joseph's creative courage, trusting him. He was the, and he says, he was the, quote, the miracle by which God saves the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mary and the child. Help us not to be afraid, St. Joseph, of what God calls us to be. And help us to have this, help me to have this creative courage. See the situations that I face and the problems and the, and the difficulties that do come my way that you probably already know and have faced before. Give me a creative courage, one that's supernatural, one that's faith-based, but that I do have confidence in God. St. Jose Maria, one of his homilies says, let us fix our gaze on St. Joseph in order to get a better understanding of the Holy Patriarch's mission with respect to Jesus Christ. Joseph passes unnoticed, exultant in a dish. Unnoticed in that it becomes part of the dish, but the flavor is enhanced. The Holy Patriarch has a divine mission. He is completely committed to his task, a soul entirely dedicated to the things of Jesus Christ. Passes unnoticed, he doesn't say a word. He's kind of silent, but he's there, effective, making a difference, obviously. St. Joseph was an ordinary sort of man, the founder of Opus Dei continues, on whom God relied to do great things. Ordinary sort of man on, upon whom God relied to do great things. I, that, without any pride, that could be a definition of many, all of you here. The sort of man upon whom God relied to do great things. It'd be great if that could be said about you or, or anyone man or woman, that, that God relied, an ordinary person, but God relied on you to do great things. Maybe that will never be written about, but still are great because you bring Christian flavor to where you are. You help to change society. You can inspire souls, other souls, to follow the Lord to greatness and not to be afraid of this, of the difficulties. Again, this is, and a lot of times maybe it will be that being able to change a conversation that's taken a wrong turn because it's um, a dishonest topic or that it's not very charitable towards somebody else. That takes a lot of, at times, a lot of guts, a lot of courage to show that you don't want to participate or you keep trying to you know, derail it, get out of, the, out of the certain mode that you're into, realize it's very uncharitable or not very edifying topic or language. That's being the salt of the earth. When you're there with friends, with them, but trying to make sure it doesn't become something that, in that case, you say the conversation becomes something that's putrid, you know? Not very loyal, not very honest, not very clean. There you are. There you are. That you forgive somebody who's hurt you. And you spread peace and harmony. You try to bring peace to a difficult situation. There you, there, that's the salt. And doing it trying to, in, a, in a natural way. To try to be meek. To, to meek. The meekness is it's a, it's a wonderful virtue. It, it, people shy away from it because it sounds rather wimpy, but it's, 
fact, it's very, it's a beautiful virtue. Not to, it, to be, to be such that we don't want to hold grudges or hold resentment in our heart, which just poisons us and then poisons the relationships that we have with those people and other things because we hold an anger in our heart. This is to, this is not to be afraid to be the Christian salt of the earth. To have a time of prayer um, that we try to stick to every day so that we can hear what our Lord wants to tell us. And try to live accordingly. That's to be the salt of the earth. Again, in this letter that Pope Francis wrote in December of 2020 about St. Joseph, he says, Whatever our vocation, whether to marriage, celibacy, or virginity, our gift of self will not come to fulfillment if it stops at sacrifice. Were that the case, instead of becoming a sign of the beauty and joy of love, the gift of self would risk being an expression of unhappiness, sadness, and frustration. Again, not salt. It's not making a difference. It would be something that is uh, useless because we're called to make that difference, because God is counting on us to make that difference. And it takes a certain amount of spiritual calories to do that, and we're asking for that grace and those calories through the intercession of St. Joseph, the master of the interior life here and now. And let's especially ask him, I like the, I like the, the phrase, creative courage, that Pope Francis used. Because, of course, it means trusting in God's plan for us. It means trusting that, yeah, I can make a difference. And that these ways of being that sometimes are a little bit uncomfortable as a Christian in the midst of society, but it will make a difference. I can't pass unnoticed. If I do, I'm insipid. If I'm not making, raising the spiritual temperature, as St. Maria would say, I'm not living up to the expectation, to the, to the identity of a Christian that our Lord is making, showing us. Pope Francis ends this letter, and we can close our meditation with this consideration. That he says, the saints help us help all the faithful to strive for the holiness and the perfection of their particular state in life. Their lives are concrete proof that it is possible to put the gospel into practice. It is possible to put the gospel into practice. It's, it, it, this letter ends, this apostolic letter in St. Joseph ends with this positive note. Well, it's a couple more paragraphs, but it's very beautiful in that the saints help us, help all the faithful to strive for holiness their lives are concrete proof that the gospel can be put into practice. I think St. Joseph especially in his daily life, in his ordinary life, with some big things happening, but also fulfilling that life in the workshop or in wherever he did his work in Nazareth and passing it on to, to our Lord. He was able to put the gospel into practice, and that's what we ask him. Well, let's go to St. Joseph, as St. Josemaria liked to call him, our Father and Lord, St. Joseph, our Father and Lord. Help me to make practical, and with Our Lady intercession as well, help me to make practical resolutions full of creative courage that I stick to from this time of prayer. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations if you communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, 
intercede for me. Pray for us.